The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. It's Christmas, and all around us there are images of excess. You go through the shops, and uh, it's all glitter, and it's all good humour, and uh, the you can hear the tills um, tingling all the way through the season. But meantime, maybe outside that very store. There is someone huddled in a doorway, perhaps with an empty coffee cup, looking for uh, donations. And more and more people simply don't carry cash. They play with, pay with plastic. And uh, therefore, I'm sure that uh, times are a bit tougher at a time of excess. You might think they do well. They don't do well. And um, it's hard to imagine what their lives are like. Alice Leahy is director of the Alice Leahy Trust. And they've been uh, operating a drop-in centre for how many years, Alice? Oh, Pat, it's nearly 50 years, would you believe it? And do you know, it's 40 years ago you interviewed me first and aren't we still going strong? Still going strong, but the problems are still there and, and that's the why you're still, still there. And Yes, and the problems are the same as they were then. And all the money that has been spent, all the experts, all the strategies. So what has changed? Now, in terms of the number of people sleeping rough, Alice, um, is that a fairly constant number? It appears to be, Pat. Uh, But you see, we don't get too bogged down in statistics. You know, they make headlines and you hear. I think we have no idea of the real number of people who are homeless or are sleeping rough. Now, the people we concentrate on are those who are sleeping out. And uh, the pandemic actually did us a favour, if that is is the right word to use, because we used to attract a lot of people from hostels. And the hostels were getting a lot of money from the state to provide services. So some people would come to us because they like coming to us. So now we confine it to people who are out. And all the people who use our service, they're coming from under bushes, uh, in parks, uh, right throughout the city and beyond. Now, we know there has been an increase in the number of hostels. Uh, There's been uh, an increase in the amount of uh, accommodation for people who might Mm -hmm. heretofore have have, uh, slept rough. Um, So why do some people never want to be in those facilities? There are a number of reasons, Pat, and I think people will tell you what they want to tell you. Some people will tell you that uh, they're too rough and they're afraid of being robbed. And I do think people working in the hostels have a very difficult job, especially since the increase in, in, in drug taking. Yeah, but because I, at the time, years ago, there used to be a place that would be regarded as a, a dry hostel. Yeah. You don't get in here yeah. if you drink. And then there would yeah. be others that would yeah. be a wet hostel yeah. and drunkenness might yeah. have been the issue. Yeah. That would force someone to sleep under the canal bridge. And even when I started off in 1973 working in Simon, there was a house down the Keys, a derelict building. One section was a wet section and the other was a dry section. So in some ways, I think there was a lot more discussion in those days than there is now about what's required. And of course, in the interim, an awful lot of money came on stream, an awful lot of experts. And an awful, I can still remember sitting at meetings where I wasn't very well received when people were saying we must shut down the hostel. And now there is so much red tape, there is so much bureaucracy and there's so much intrusion into the personal lives of people seeking accommodation. And a lot of the people we meet now, they are real loners. I prefer the term outsider because I think that captures the lives of some of the people we work with. Now, we don't pry into people's affairs, but they do tell us and you can see it in their body language. And I think some people must have had 
terrible childhoods. I know one man who died in the streets. He was killed on the streets and he would never go in uh, to accommodation because he had spent a lot of his time in prison. And the fact of he it reminded him of being enclosed in a prison cell. And I suppose these kind of human feelings we don't talk about anymore. And I think if we want to and we're always going to have homelessness. We're always going to have people who didn't fit in. Sure, Pat, wouldn't our world be a, t- a mad place yeah. if we were all the same? Um, the, the reasons, as you mentioned, why people sleep rough, uh, it can be, you know, f- fear of living in a hostel. Mm. It can be that uh, childhood mm. uh, trauma. Um, has Have services offered by the councils and by charities actually made sleeping rough more possible? Even more comfortable, you know, the sleeping bags available. It rains, you get a new one tomorrow night. Uh, and they're thrown around. Uh, I mean, it is appalling when you see the dirt in the city uh, and people have to accept some responsibility for this. You get a new sleeping bag, it's thrown there. Uh, the waste of money, it's become, uh, actually, the problem of homelessness has almost become too easy to discuss now because it's about cut and paste and figures and a new strategy and then there's a new minister who will try and do their best. But there is actually no discussion taking place around the issues we're talking about now. Um, when people uh, come to you, obviously they are not antisocial because they come mm. in, they have a cup of yeah. tea, they might mm-hmm. uh, have a bit of a clean up mm-hmm. and, uh, and so on. Uh, when they talk to you, do they tell you what, what is, attractive is probably the wrong word, but what is it about the life they have chosen that uh, they tolerate? Because there are other options. And there are. And I think it's the peace and quiet. We have a number of people now who come from parks. And there's one man in last year, he brought me in a little tiny little white feather he had picked up in the park and he had cleaned it and he had it wrapped up in probably a piece of toilet paper and he brought it into me. And I, I think, you see, in the past, we looked at people like that as kind of they were the philosophers of this world. Now, people will laugh at me, but Pat, I'm working at the coalface, looking at people's feet and looking at all kinds of other things and dealing with a lot of what's going on there. But they are saying something to us that we're not listening to. And I think maybe Christmas is a time. For instance, now this morning, two of the people in before I came over, one man and Lisa asked him, and, and what are you doing for Christmas? And he said, I'm an atheist but I like families. And I was coming out the door and there was this lovely man, lovely fresh complexion from sleeping out in all weathers. And he may have been using the Nivea like our rugby players, but he beautiful pink skin. And he said, Merry Christmas. And I said, and how are you? And do you like Christmas? And he said, yes, I do. I celebrate it. I go to church. So we're not listening. We've lost the capacity, I think, to listen to even to one another. Now, uh, someone like that will be sleeping rough and then tidy himself up as best he can and uh, make his way to church. Yes, and you wouldn't pick him out in a crowd. See, a lot of the people who are out there begging, some of them aren't homeless. Some are out there because they need the money for whatever they need it for. And some people won't dress up because, uh, you know, people might be more sympathetic to you if you're not. You you could be going around looking as well dressed as yourself, Pat, and could be homeless. Now, tell me about uh, the, the people who are on the street. I remember years ago you saying to me that, there were those who say, I won't give him any money because he'll only drink it. Now, of mm. course, drugs is more of a yeah. problem than, than drink, perhaps yeah. on the streets. And you said, no, no, 
It's the giving that counts. Yeah. And when you give it to him, it's his money. Yeah. He can do what he wants to do with it. And I would say that when you give a gift to somebody, you don't say, well, now there's a pair of socks, make sure you wash them and you keep them for next week. (laughs) Or, you know, there's a box of chocolates, but make sure you only use one at a time. Uh, But I do think people need to question if they're giving money. You know, sometimes it's very easy to give money when you're passing somebody without actually looking at them. And sometimes it's the look of that. But then, of course, people are afraid to know because there is a lot of aggressive begging in the city. Yeah. And, and what do you make of that? Because it makes the city uh, quite an unpleasant place sometimes. And it is. And I think the city has become very unpleasant. I think we saw recently with the riots. Uh, and it has. So there are loads of issues that I think that you're raising today that I think need to be discussed at another level. Now, can I mention the guards here? As, as um, I would like to thank people who are listening in who are wonderful from us all over Ireland. But this morning, uh, two young guards came up to us, beautiful beginning of the morning with a lovely hamper for their superintendent. Now, the guards in our, we're sandwiched between Kevin Street and Pierce Street and then, of course, we know Store Street. And they have been so good not just to us, but to the people we work with. And we see them all kind of in a different light. We forget they're human beings and they've, it's been very difficult. To, it's very difficult when they see all this negative attention and all this criticism. But underneath, there are wonderful people who are trying to make our and city And often they will place. know some of the people who are sleeping rough by name. But they took two of the guards, Damien McCarthy and Alan O'Dowd from Pierce Street, they took a man from Mauritius who was 12 years on the streets of Dublin sleeping out back to his family during the pandemic. Now, they couldn't move outside the hotel because they weren't on a holiday uh, to Mauritius. And and at the time, their superintendent was Joe Gannon, who's actually one of our board members. So we asked our board if we could help to get Romy back to his family. Now, Romy would have been known around Dublin. He came over here to work. He used to go into Kylie. He worked in Kylie's and he knew Mary Kylie. So we sent him off for the airport. I can still see him going off with his Leinster jersey. Mind you, it broke my heart. It wasn't a monster one. But anyway, they took him back to Mauritius. His family thought he was dead here. Now, that was the combined work of ourselves and the Gardaí and local people who helped him. The agencies who were there to help him couldn't cope with his eccentricities and that story is on our website Pat which is um, what is it I can, I can hardly think today Pat alicelehetrust.ie uh, Looking at the nationalities that use your service it's, it's quite varied I mean uh, you say in November you had people from 16 different uh, yeah. countries Ireland of course but Poland Lithuania Romania Latvia Morocco Slovakia Slovenia Ukraine Jordan Eritrea Somalia Turkey France Spain yeah. and the UK Yeah and before the pandemic we had people from 28 different countries Now we've heard a lot about racism we've had no problem because we always say from the word go we're all the same you know we're all people in the and we share this space we want no racism no sexism and I even say no ageism bad <laughs> <laughs> but anyway it's interesting because you don't have to know the language, the body language. But I think what I find uh, particularly sad this at any time of the year, we have a fish tank and that tank was given to us years ago by the students in Alexandra College. But when you see somebody clutching a cup of coffee, and I'm always struck by how gentle they are, how they deal with the sandwich. You know how if we are out and we're in a hurry and you gobble it and you yeah. say you have indigestion afterwards, they are so gentle and and they're looking at our Christmas candle and you know in their heart and soul 
they must be thinking of family in a far-off land or what might have been. And memories of their own childhood memories Christmas, which may have childhood. been a lot happier than... A, a, a lot happier. And there's one man, now I haven't seen him, he'll probably be in today, and he's from the northern part of our island, lovely young man. And uh, I remember saying to him last Christmas, and I know he sleeps out in a tent, he gets work and then things go wrong again and... That's the way life is. And I said to him, what do you think of Christmas? And he said, I love to go up Grafton Street and see the families. Now, I was very amazed by that because so many others, it saddens them. But I was really amazed uh, by that. Um, It's a difficult time of year for for many people, um, you know, whether they're sleeping rough or whether they're homeless or Mm. whether they're in a family where there is disruption. Um, the general feeling, what do you do at Christmas when people drop in? How is, how is it different or is it different? Well, we, if you believe in Christmas, it's all the year round. And the, it is amazing. We have the most wonderful supporters who all the year round supporters and every letter that comes in. Jeanette, who you know, she won't speak on radio. She's 17 years working with me. She could run the country. Wonderful woman. So we get a pile of letters in and she says, oh, well, that's Mary so-and-so in Cork and that's from, oh, you know the woman in Mayo and that's from Paddy in Ballydehob. But there's one card we get every Christmas and we met this man 16 years ago and he was walking down O'Connell Street and he said he didn't drink or he didn't smoke and someone sent him to us and he came in and wonderful Jerry who worked with me, she said, are your feet all right? And she looked at him and he, Every year he's been writing to us since and you wouldn't know he was homeless at the time. It's the first Christmas card to arrive and I was to meet him about two years ago. He's living in sheltered accommodation and he, he, he does have a slight disability now and I said, look, I'll meet you in the Gresham because there's a ramp. But anyway, the morning we were going to the Gresham, he never, he rang me to say he was going to hospital. I think he probably hadn't the confidence. So this year his card hadn't arrived. We said, ah, poor John, he must be in the clouds. Lo and behold, the next thing, the letter arrived from John, 10 euro. He was getting on very well. He had gone to college and then during the year he had family members who died. So... We don't disc. See, some people feel you have to get all energised about Christmas. Now we do. I haven't much energy left, Pat. When you're asking me what am I doing for Christmas, but all the year round we see the whole spirit of Christmas and the wonderful people. And I want to say thank you and to thank your management here because News Talk ensure we're we're still on the map. And I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of your listeners, would be supporters. So I thank your team here uh, as well. Um, so there is the wonder of Christmas, but I always say, now we'll work tomorrow for just three hours. We normally don't work on a Saturday, but we'll go in from 8 to 11 just to make sure our regular people, if they need a new pair of jeans or they need something for uh, for the, if they're going out to the RDS, and some of them are, and some of them have asked us about the times where people can be collected. But the amazing thing about you, have all these people now talking about Christmas and everything, sure come the 27th, as it's as if it never happened. But the same people I'm talking about will be there. All right, Alice. It's great to see you uh, looking so well and uh, still thriving and still providing the service that is still unfortunately needed after so many years. And that's thanks to so many people. We have a great board, we have great staff and we have great people like yourselves and people in the media who support us. Alice Leahy of the Alice Leahy Trust, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.